0: It's that time, the betting predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the basketball football fanatic, Uncle Dave. You guys can get him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore Essler, And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, going to go through some college basketball, college football for your Friday and Saturday. I got sound here from Dan Rivera. Got sound from Jay Smoove. Uncle Dave is live with me on the podcast. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to rip and run with Friday first. Dan and I went ahead. We talked about South Dakota State. They're going to go ahead and they're going to play Bradley. South Dakota State right now minus one and a half, 137. Dan and I had a pretty extensive talk last night about this game. So why don't we go ahead and give that a listen first. Then we'll go ahead and swing back around with the rest of the card. All right, guys, let's jump into our first game on the podcast here. We're going to go ahead and start out with a marquee matchup for you guys, South Dakota State at Bradley. I know you're probably laughing how we come up with this game. Bradley's going to be minus one, total 137.5. South Dakota State actually opened up as the favorite here. And both Dan and I disagreed, you know, with the line moving in this one. If you look at the stats for both teams, the stats are superior for Bradley, you know, compared to South Dakota State. If you look at the schedule for each team so far, the schedule is just, it's far tougher for South Dakota State. You know Bradley has played some some junky teams. Their most recent game was against Judson College. That's a D3 team. Bradley just absolutely obliterated them. Uh, they won the game by 73 points. And I think that the stats, if you look at Bradley right now, are just completely thrown off because of this Judson College game. Bradley won the free throw line by 15, rebounds by 32, assists by 14, blocks by 9, turnovers by 9, fouls by 14. And I don't think that that's the only game that makes Bradley look bad. I think actually the game against Oakland is another game that makes them look bad statistically. And Oakland it's ranked in the three hundreds right now. Ken Palm has them at like three ten, and Bradley beat them in assists by plus 13. Bradley also shot 51% from the floor in that game. While Oakland just shot 29% from the floor. I think if you look at the rest of the stats in that game, you know, Oakland really, you know, they hung in there tough with, with Bradley. So if Oakland's like a 300 team and they were only outplayed in like two other areas, I do question some of the stuff with Bradley, not to mention, you know, the Judson college game. It really just raises an eyebrow. Let's give a little bit of credit here to Bradley. They beat Toledo by two and they only lost to Xavier by one, but Xavier right now they're not even a top 60 team in the nation and neither is Toledo. So I do think South Dakota state, It should probably be favored in this one. I think a lot of people are probably looking just generally at the stats. And if you look at the stats, boy, it tells you that Bradley is just far superior to South Dakota State. Uh, I would not believe that, guys. I think that Judson College game, the Oakland game, uh, really just stick out. And it just tells you statistically that that Bradley is far superior. But you can't go by that. And and generally what you want to do, when you're starting out the season, you want to avoid teams that are – you know, just way, way too high because they played a bunch of junk schools or you want to go ahead and even look to play on a team, you know, that might be sitting in the 300s that had, you know, a very, very tough schedule. Now, Dan knows this South Dakota State team. That's one of the things, you know, if you guys have been following Dan, especially the guys who do follow, they know that he knows the Summit League inside and out. South Dakota State is a team that Dan followed, you know, for the last couple of years. But Dan told me he was like, look, this South Dakota State team is is getting better. So, Dan, I'll let you go ahead and talk about South Dakota
1: State, what you like about
0: that team. What are you thinking about for this game with those two teams?
1: South Dakota State is currently 2-2. But, Sleepy, let's go look at their schedule. They played West Virginia, a top 15 team currently on Palm. Utah State, top 80. St. Mary's, top 80. And they went to Iowa State and beat them on their home floor. That's another top 80 team. And if you go look at South Dakota State over the last couple years, they have really struggled against these power five teams, Just either Losing or get blown out. Statistically, South Dakota State is better or just as good as Bradley, but they played much better competition. My biggest concern from Bradley, when playing a good team, you can't turn the ball over. Bradley ranks number 240 in the nation out of 278 eligible teams at the moment. Bradley's terrible at free throw shooting. I know for a fact I said it last year. I know Sleepy said it last year. and I know Uncle Dave said it last year. We have a tough time backing teams who are terrible at free throw shooting. Bradley, they're bottom, bottom of the barrel for free throws. I cannot back teams like that. Some of the stats that Bradley are elite at or very high end at, depending on what metric you look at and what site you look at, they're skewed, skewed in their favor of Major League. Sleepy touched on it. They had that little D3 school. I think it's Judson College, if I can say it right. And then that Oakland, who is a bottom tier team, with the iep of the world, with the Chicago States of the world. So they have some stats that look good, but when you dig deeper in this four-game sample size for them, they are skewed in their favor. To me, Bradley's only got one real good player on that team, named Elijah Childs. This dude doesn't like to assist much or just can't assist much. He's a forward. He's probably their best player at scoring points, too. If you're South Dakota State, if you can really lock this guy down, he's going to be either turning the ball over or taking a lot of bad shots. And if you're Bradley, you cannot not be turning that ball over that much, especially to these just terrible, awful teams. South Dakota State is a better team to me. I will lay the one point, take the one point or take the money line, depending on what book and what odd you guys can get. I like South Dakota State here with you, Sleepy. I think it touched on one of the things that I actually
0: missed on was the turnovers for Bradley you know, if you have a team that can't shoot free throws and you have a team that consistently turns the ball over and you combine, you know, both of those things together, generally what ends up happening is you have a team that they slowly erode away any type of a lead that they have, or if they are behind, they slowly go ahead and fall further and further behind those two stats together. You kind of want to avoid teams like that at times. And I believe, you know, when we're looking at the at this game in particular, you know, we're looking at some of the teams that Bradley's played and the fact that those two areas are concerns. Um, you know, going into a Judson, going into a Oakland and, and Toledo, when those two areas um are, are red flag areas, that's we're gonna end up hurting you in this game. And I think that South Dakota State, you know, just playing the far superior competition that I'm going to have to go ahead and I'm going to believe their stats um, a lot more. And I believe some of the stats that actually look bad for South Dakota State uh, will actually look far better in this game. Uh, I believe South Dakota State is probably the right side in this game. So I'll go ahead and I'll make that one uh, an official pick for myself. And Dan, we're going to go ahead. We're going to take South Dakota State. Currently, right now, uh, we can get plus one. uh, But we feel pretty comfortable. You know, I would say... I don't know, Dan, where are you at? Maybe like South Dakota State laying two points, you feel good if the line swings back in the other direction? I think if you can get two or less, I think we'll be good here. All right, good stuff on that game, guys. Let's jump over to our next game here with Uncle Dave. We got Oregon. They're going to be minus three and a half here versus Seton Hall. Total one thirty I'll go ahead and let you rip and run on this one first. What are you thinking about for the Ducks and the Pirates?
2: Yeah, well, my first thought, Sleepy, was to fade Oregon again. And obviously, I think if that's something you want to do, that's getting better throughout the day. Well, I think last night you probably could have had that, you know, pick them, minus one. It seems like all the money likes Oregon. Um, and as I said, I wanted to fade him because I, I was all over Missouri the other night against the Ducks. And I think another reason I wanted to fade him was it seems like the Big East teams are playing harder with the season that's going to end in December. And I worried about that. Uh, especially these teams, like, not giving a full effort because they might go, you know, well, shoot, we only got get to play a month, you know, why even bother? But, you know, it seems to be the complete opposite. I mean, they're not with every team, you know, I'm not making a blanket statement, but a lot of these Big East teams, you know, I'll take UConn there on, what, Thursday night, uh, beating USC when not a lot of people gave them a chance. So with that said, I think uh, the one reason I was against the Ducks the other night was that they lost Peyton Pritchard to the NBA. I mean, anytime you lose your all-world point guard, and you have COVID-related practice issues, you're probably going to struggle out of the gate. But, you know, here, I think Oregon let Missouri shoot 62% inside the other night. And, that, and that's something I expect Altman to fix post-haste, you know, defense. You can you can always fix that. Um, and the overnight market seems to agree with me. Um, so I, I do like the under much better because Oregon can fix a defense quicker than it can fix an offense. And, and Seton Hall is super experienced and super long, so they can play defense. So... Um, I would go under there, Sleepy.
0: You know, I can't find myself taking probably Seton Hall in this game, Uncle Dave. Seton's played three games in which, you know, I think it's, it gives us a good barometer, you know, of who this Pirates team actually is. You know, the big question that I had is when I'm looking at the stat, I'm like, is this team really, are they even that good? And the stats say no, uh, poor three-point defense, and they have a very poor assisting team. And Oregon looks to be, you know, a team that kind of lacks superior defense and they like to play with with, with a little bit of pace. So, you know, if, if Seton Hall fails to go ahead and assist the basketball against the Ducks team, who you probably think, as you had mentioned, will swing around and, and play a little bit better defensively. And they'll probably play at a high pace. You know, I just wonder if, you know, if Seton Hall kind of plays right into the hands here, you know, of that Oregon defense, you know, Seton's below average when I looked at their stats and like basically 95% of the stats that I looked at. And again, you know, they played three games and they didn't play junk teams. So um, to me, it says that the stats are real here for Seton. I'm not really all that concerned with Oregon. I know they had a hiccup against Missouri, but uh, I actually think Missouri is, is a pretty decent team this season. Yeah, it's a loss. And I think that, you know, it's kind of a good thing though, uncle Dave, because you know, you and I both know that you don't have to go ahead and win every single game like you do in college football. Uh, to go ahead and make the final four, so I think Oregon will bounce back here. The betters, as you had mentioned, you know, they seem to agree this line went from minus one and a half. It's now at minus three and a half in favor of the ducks. Now I don't want to make a big bet on that. you know you're laying up more than a possession here, but I'll go ahead. I'll make a small pizza bet here on Oregon at that current number of minus three and a half. uh I feel pretty good about that. I feel pretty good that that Steeton Hall. That there's a chance that they could look really flat tonight and they just statistically um they might look like they're just overmatching this game. It might look like they're in a in a class that they don't belong in, which is, which is, you know, a little surprising, you know, being that Seaton Hall has been half decent, you know, the last couple of years. i want to jump into another game here. Jay Smooth was all over destroy at Texas Tech game, Texas Tech, they're gonna be minus twenty eight
3: total one thirty three and a half. Let's go ahead and see who he likes. Texas Tech and minus twenty six and a half over Troy. This is a big number delay, but I have this line set at 32, so I see some value at the current number. And Troy went 9-22 and 22 last year, and they returned just two starters, so they're inexperienced as well, which Texas Tech should be able to take advantage of, on top of already being the superior team. Now, Troy did win one of their two games against Western Carolina, but they lost by 23 to UNC Wilmington as two-and-a-half-point favorites and Texas Tech has crushed lower competition so far this year in their two wins by 37.5 points, and they should be no different. I look for the Red Raiders to roll by at least 30 to 40-point win. All
0: right, there's Jay Smoove. He's going to go ahead. He's going to back Texas Tech minus the 28. Uncle Dave, what do you think about Jay Smoove laying that type of a number with Texas Tech tonight?
2: Well, you know, that's not something that I would typically do, but, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of these teams will win by 50. I think the question becomes – You know, if Texas Tech wants to win by 50, and and I don't know, I mean, 28, if, if Tech wants to is, is probably solid because Troy can't score. They're a 58% free throw shooting team and shoot 34% inside. And they're obviously out length. They're fairly young. This is their first true road game. Um, Tech has great perimeter defense and length. So, you know, yeah, on paper, I, uh, you know, I think Tech could win this game like 80 to 40 if they wanted to, but I don't know that they want to, Uh, but having said that there's no chance in hell I can take Troy uh, because they just could mail it in. You just, you just never know, but you know, yeah, I can totally see it. You know, I, I, I think for me personally, I would probably prefer to do tech in the first half, but you know, then again, it all gets down to how badly Texas wanted to make a statement.
0: I think these are probably some of the hardest games to handicap and credit to those guys who do go ahead and go after these type of games. Obviously Jay smooth likes us one or he wouldn't have went ahead and gave us the pick, but you know, one of the things that that concerns me with taking dogs in this situation is particularly you end up with, you know, two teams who are just completely, you know, it's just a, a massive mismatch at times. And you get teams who, you know, they go out and they're, you know, really excited. And it's like before you know it, it's 15 to four. And it's just like, you know, the air gets let, let right out of the tire. And then before you know it, like Uncle Dave said, you know, it could be a 40 point romp. It's just hard for me to back dogs when they're getting that many points. And I know. You know, it's a lot easier probably for most of us because we've seen it, you know, come, you know, tournament time where, you know, you have these inferior teams playing, you know, these junk teams. And it's just it turns into an ugly and ugly thing. So, Uncle Dave, let's jump over to uh, a marquee matchup for the night. We got Long Beach at Loyola. Loyola will be minus seven and a half. Total one forty 140, well, one forty nine and a half, one forty eight and a half, depending on which books you shop at. Uncle Dave, I'll go ahead. I'll take a little bit of a nibble here on the over. I think we'll see some scoring in this one as both teams. They bring back a bunch of offensive players again this year. Long Beach. They even brought a transfer guard in from Iona, and he play already at he already played at a high pace, and I think he he can you know score as well from what I've read. And Loyola is the favorite in this game. I think for for good reason. You know they do have a, a, probably a better squad, but defensively, I don't think either team you know was really looking to go ahead and slow each other down. I think it's more of a track meet where you're going to see three, four guards on the floor at times, which you know usually ends up with the big man on the floor kind of just feasting inside with really nobody going ahead and trying to stop him. You know, Loyola gave up 83 points to Southern Utah, and then they gave up 88 to Minnesota. And that was the first time they met Minnesota. Loyola did play back-to-back against Minnie; They showed a better defensive the second time around, but that was with the second look. So it looks to me like Loyola. They're probably going to struggle on defense if they haven't seen you before. And the fact that Long Beach, you know, they're on a long layoff. I think that they have at least the horses to go ahead and, and put some points up on the board. So I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll make a small pizza bet here, Uncle Dave, on the over 149 and a half. That one opened up. I think it was right around 148, 148 and a half. As I mentioned, some money has come in here on the over. So that at least gives me a little bit of a encouragement that maybe I'm on the right side in that one. How are you feeling about Long Beach loyal tonight?
2: I don't understand how you come up with these super predictable, easy games, Sleepy. I you know, I, I struggle to to fathom some of these things you pull out of the hat. But um, I did look at it early on. You know, I don't think you can take too much from stats because you got a lot of teams playing other teams like way above their pay grade, as you mentioned. And that's the case here with Loyola playing Minnesota twice. So, you know, I, I don't know how much, especially with back-to-back games, you can take from stats and. And Beach hasn't played a game yet, so you have to look a little bit at last year, and they were pretty bad last year, and they're expected to be better, as you mentioned. They they brought in some transfers, but they're still pretty young, and they haven't played a game yet, which is always a concern for me. And one thing about Beach, they like to play fast, whereas Loyola does not. So I think I think whoever controls the tempo is going to have a huge advantage, and typically that's the home team. But you know, if they do play fast, you know, playing fast and uh, playing in game number one doesn't often translate to great execution. Uh, and you also know that there was a lot of these California teams that had serious practice issues with the pandemic. So, you know, I don't know if these teams I know Pepperdine did and a few other sort of teams in that general area. Uh, so if you told me I had to bet this game sleepy, I think I would auto take Loyola in the first half just because they've played games and, and against respectable teams and and beach hasn't. So that would almost be like an auto bet for me is, is just to take the team that's played a little more uh, in the first half because, you know, once things settle down, you you just don't know what you're going to get, especially with these teams. I don't have
0: a problem with that logic, Uncle Dave. You know, the, under, the other day I was looking at a game and it was Army against Florida and Florida was laying a boatload. And I, I started looking at the game and I didn't have a problem with, you know, Florida laying a ton of points. And then I'm looking, I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, Army played four games already. And this is Florida's first game. Florida trailed. Eighty percent of that game, they came back very, very late. They finally got, you know, they finally got their their rear ends in motion. But I mean, you're, you're playing a team that played three, four games against a team that hasn't played. I think that shows up, and I would, you know, I would venture to bet that you probably are making the best bet in this game, Uncle Dave. Uh, going ahead and probably taking Loyola in the first half, you know, makes more sense than than really anything. Um, you know, I still like my over, but you know, I'll give I'll give credit where credit's due. Um, that, that, that's an angle that, that I thought about the other day. I didn't particularly think about it for this game, but it makes sense. And it's probably, you know, more than likely the best bet. Uh, Jay smooth has another bet here. He has Kent state at Virginia. Virginia's going to be minus 20 here. Total one I'll go ahead and let Jay smooth
3: go ahead and rip around on this one. See what he got. I like Virginia at minus 19 and a half over Kent state. And this would be a very tough matchup for Kent state being that this is their first game and they're opening up on the road against a Virginia team that's played three games already, and they've gone 2-1 and one straight up and against the spread so far, and they've got a chance to establish some type of rhythm. Now, Virginia still has a lockdown defense holding its opponents to 55 points a game so far, which is not too far off of what they held opponents to last year at 52.4 points a game that led the country in scoring defense. The Marquette transfer Sam Hauser is making an immediate impact averaging thirteen points a game and Trey Murphy's averaging eleven so far off the bench. Uh Kent State went twenty and twelve last year, but they only returned one starter and two bench players that averaged more than one point per game. So they're lacking experience for this matchup is an understatement. Uh, Virginia does have an ACC Big Ten showdown with Michigan State next, but I'm not worried about them looking past Kent State as they already lost a game early to San Francisco. And Tony Bennett will remind them of that. All right, guys, here's J Smooth. He's gonna go ahead. He's gonna play Virginia. He's gonna lay another big
0: jockey number here, minus the twenty. I don't know what to make of Kent State. You know, they played the uh, they played the Point Park Pioneers. I've never heard of that team before. Here's here's a little bit of a concern for me. You know, Virginia they they lost to San Francisco, but you know once UVA starts clamping down and they get their defense in motion, it's hard for a team who you know isn't a power five team to just you know kind of compete at the level that that, that Virginia kind of demands you to go ahead and and compete at. So I don't have much of an opinion on this game. I do have a little bit of a concern, though, with Virginia losing to San Francisco, who San Fran seems like, you know, they're a pretty decent squad. But again, that's Jay Smoothie's going to go ahead and give you guys Virginia minus the 20. Let's jump over here to Saturday. we got some college football and some college basketball. Why don't we go ahead and start out with some college football here, Uncle Dave. we got a big game, two teams that you and I have talked about quite a bit this season. West Virginia will be on the road here at Iowa State, Iowa State minus six and a half. Total 48 and a half. I'll go ahead and rip and run on this one first, Uncle Dave. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play the under in this game. I think when you see two defenses that are very good, you automatically just go ahead and you think under. And the one thing that would throw me off of an underplay when I see two good defensive teams is a high-powered offense. And I don't believe either of these teams, you know, have that type of an offense this season. Uh, both teams are actually coming off of two very good defensive games. And I think that'll carry over to this week. So I'm just going to go ahead and make my handicap short and sweet, nice and simple. I think the under is probably the way to go in this game. Neither of these teams want to lose. And Iowa State right now ranked number nine in the nation. And I think that they're probably the more balanced offense uh, with the pass and the run. And if they can move the chains against West Virginia, it's going to be a slow, methodical kind of march up and down the field, which I think is just going to chew a ton of clock. And eventually, West Virginia. I think that their defense will be able to go ahead and step up and probably limit Iowa State. Um, more than likely, probably to a bunch of field goals in this one. So I'll go ahead. I'll play the under the forty-eight and a half. There are some forty-nines out there as well. So that's what I'll do in that game. Uncle Dave, how are you feeling about West Virginia and Iowa State?
2: Well, I think when you first look at the game, you see, you know you say to yourself, or at least the, the you know the the, the anybody that bets that knows anything about these teams is, you know, how do you not take Iowa state in what's not only their last home game, but their last game period, obviously buying a bowl game, you know, that, that, that to me is generally a big thing. And on the other side, West Virginia still has a home game left next week with the Sooners, which is a big deal. Uh, they don't like each other uh, and they're winless on the road. So, you know, why don't you just take Iowa state, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not, you know, with that said, the sharps grabbed all the, all the Mountaineer plus seven already. And you know that could be simply buying a number. You know, let's take seven points, especially in a game with a total under fifty points, as you mentioned. Which you know that could be somewhat correlated. To the, the the you know the bet. Let's take seven if it's seven possessions or less. Um, and you know this is actually one of the games, first games I've looked at most of this season where it, it seems like both teams are healthy, and I can I can really look at stats and actually give them some credibility. You know, you said both defenses are good. Yeah, they are. Uh, I question Iowa State's pass defense, and obviously that could be a matchup problem because we know West Virginia throws the ball on average 40 times a game, uh, and they don't turn it over that much. So, you know, the instinct, yeah, it's Iowa State, especially because I do think they're the better coach team. But I could be wrong here because I, I don't know that I trust their offense to get margin, and I don't think the back door is ever really shut. So I lean to West Virginia with caution.
0: I wouldn't have a problem backing the Mountaineers here, Uncle Dave. It seems like to me, maybe the fact that Iowa State has that ranking next to them that maybe they're being a little bit overinflated and then the fact that you know they're coming off of beating a team in Texas who you know many of us saw on television I think that that also can go ahead and inflate the line a little bit I would have made the line maybe somewhere around 4 but I could see maybe taking Iowa State maybe at 3 but it just seems like it, and that's really what threw me off is I felt like it was just too many points so um, I feel like you were at least on, on the right track there with uh, going ahead and looking at West Virginia. All right, with that game wrapped up, Jay Smoove has a play
3: for a college football game on Saturday. Let's see what he got. I'm going with Texas A&M at minus six and a half over Auburn. Now, Texas A&M has one of the best defenses in the country and can really shut down the run. They have 46 tackles for loss and only allow 3.2 yards per carry, and only one team has gone over 110 yards on the ground. The Aggies can also defend the pass with the secondary being ranked in the top 30 in passes defended and interceptions, so they should feast on Bo Nix, who's had an inconsistent year with more turnovers this year than he had in 2019. The Texas A&M's offense isn't that explosive, but they're very efficient and they convert 53% of their third downs that ranks inside the top five for the country. And Auburn is also expected to be without some key guys on the offensive line, with left tackle Alec Jackson and possibly another starter on the line in Broderius Ham. And to make matters even worse, their best player on offense in Tanks Bigsby, their freshman star running back, is banged up dealing with a hip injury. I think the Aggies will be playing with some added motivation as they stay in that fifth spot, and this defense will be too dominant for this wounded Auburn team, and they take advantage of them as they don't have much else left to play for. All right, solid stuff from Jace. Move on that one. Best of luck to him. Let's
0: go ahead and look at another college football game here, Uncle Dave. We got UCLA at Arizona State. Arizona State right now minus three, total fifty-four and a half. I'll let you go ahead and rip and run that one first, Uncle Dave. What are you thinking?
2: Yeah, this reminds me of you asking me about Loyola Marymount, Long Beach State. Like, <laughs> you know, Arizona State hasn't played in a month, and they're only going to play three games this season, and that's if next week's game at Arizona isn't canceled and. This is their only home game. So, really, uh, anything I do with this game comes down to coaching and can Herm Edwards get 110% from his team. Uh, you know, interesting enough, to look-ahead line, Sun Devil's open minus six. It's all the way down to minus three. So, obviously, the money is saying, at least until now, that Edwards isn't going to get a whole lot of his team. Or, you know, what's the line wrong just to begin with? I don't know. The Bruins have shown that they can score, but they're predominantly a running team, and they can play defense. So, I actually think the best bet – here is the under, uh, and there are signs in the market that that might be the play since, you know, we got a long ways to go yet, but still two-thirds of the tickets are on the over, and the number is trending downward slightly. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like an election. You know, a little too early to call, and we're not filing any lawsuits here, but the, the Friday afternoon buzz says it might be an under game,
1: Sleepy.
0: Uncle Dave, what do you think about first half under or UCLA under? I was thinking – I was thinking about UCLA, the fact that they do have four games under their belt. Arizona State, I mean, this isn't exactly the season that you would have hoped for. I mean, if you're a college kid and it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to play football, we're going to play football, and then it turns out where, I mean, you have a joke of a schedule, and then you go out and you lose your first game. Like, that just has to be completely disheartening. You have to wonder if Arizona State can even find themselves into a bowl game uh, some way, somehow. I don't necessarily know how that would all work out, but at least u c l a has games under their belt like i i would I seriously worry you know if Arizona state is even mentally even you know checked in even caring about playing as a as of right now had they won the first game, maybe I would consider going ahead and and looking to you know handicap this game a little bit deeper in favor of Arizona state, but I just worry about them right now as a team as a coaching staff and just wondering like. You know, why did we even, you know, probably make all these preparations to go ahead and play this season when um, it just seems like, you know, this team has just had roadblock after roadblock after roadblock. And I know getting a win here uh, would be a great thing, but I think you're going to need like a massive, massive step up uh, in motivation for, for Arizona State. And I just don't know if you're going to get it. So I think the the lack of time off for them is going to hurt them. And that's probably why you No, know, I would consider going ahead playing UCLA in the first half. I mean. I, I could see them you know leading after the first quarter even going into the break how would you feel about that particular wager
2: well yeah i mean it's you know as you were talking i was listening um you know it's not unlike a lot of these basketball games that we talk about where teams have played four games and teams have played one so you know i, I don't know that i don't know any reason you can't really parlay that logic into into football as well and so yeah i mean to that to that end i would i would be inclined to agree with you and You know, it kind of just circles right back to the beginning when I talked about Herm Edwards, you know. You know, if anyone has the ability to get guys to go out there and, and, you know, crawl under barbed wire for him, it's probably Herm. You know, the players do buy into his stuff, and and they did last year. Um, So, you know, I kind of got opposite forces tugging at me here in that, you know, logically, you're absolutely right. And logically, that kind of thinking has made me some money in college basketball. Um, but, you know, if, if that logic were always correct, we would never lose. And unfortunately, we do once in a while. So, yeah, the logic, the left side of my brain says, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, how can Arizona State possibly have any execution whatsoever, just like a basketball team? And the other side of my brain goes, yeah, have it's Hermit. Edward, just not like, you know, Mike Norvell or Willie Taggart. You know? So, you know, I don't know, man. Um, Pick your poison, buddy. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to just sit on the fence on that one. And I throw out my two cents and maybe we'll let the the listeners decide which way they want to go if they want to go.
0: All right. Good stuff on that game there, Uncle Dave. Let's jump over to some college basketball action here for Saturday. We got NC State. They'll be going ahead and playing UConn we don't have a line for this game right now, uncle Dave, but the line that I made was minus two in favor of NC state. You went ahead and you gave me pick 'em. So we're going to go ahead and say that this is probably going to be within a possession. Maybe Yukon slightly favored, but we we think this will be, you know, relatively a low line here. So I'll let you go ahead and rip a run on that one first, uncle Dave, since we have no line, I'll let you go ahead and stick your, uh, stick your toes out in traffic first. What are you thinking?
2: Uh, I don't mind playing in traffic sleepy. I've lived this long. Um, You know, what's the worst thing that can happen? And, you know, real quick, I mean, why we, I don't know that we, I say we disagreed on a line where we kind of came up differently. You know, I guess I gave a little bit of credibility to UConn beating uh, USC uh, last night, Thursday night. And, you know, people, betters, bookmakers are going to take that into consideration because UConn will be like the obvious bet, you know, and, and, but, you know, NC State's pretty good in three games, but the best team they've played is UMass Lowell. Uh, and obviously, as I said, UConn took care of USC, so, you know, batters are going to like the Huskies because it's the whole recently biased thing. But the thing I worry about, especially with UConn, is having to expend so much energy late. You know, they, they had a pretty significant lead most of that game against the Trojans, and and obviously that came down to, you know, oh, my godness at the end, fortunately for me, uh, USC didn't make any of those threes. But, you know, having gone through that, and then to get sort of re-motivated, because you know they were motivated to play, to play uh, SoCal. And, you know, Keats has made NC State better every year since he came over from NC Wilmington. So, you know, typically uh, I hate NC State, but this isn't Mark Godfrey's or Sidney Lowe's Wolfpack team. You know, then again, I go back the other way. I hate betting against UConn, especially essentially at home. And I hate betting against Bobby or Dan Hurley uh, and a big East team. Cause I said earlier, those teams seem to be taking life real seriously. You know, the one thing, that NC State hasn't done well. Remember, their stats are a little inflated because of who they played. They shoot free throws, uh, but obviously the free throw line doesn't change with the opponent, so that is a little bit of a concern. If I were to go NC State, the other thing that doesn't change is the ability to play defense, which UConn has shown that they can do. Uh, and I think, given their tendency, UConn's tendency to slow things down, uh, this might be an under bet for me in a total. I'd expect somewhere around uh, buck forty-three-ish or so. So you know, the the early lean there is on less points than people think.
0: All right, I'm going to go ahead. I'll probably take NC State here, Uncle Dave. It's not strong, but I believe NC State might actually be a good team here. Both North Carolina State and UConn, I mean, they played a bunch of junk teams here. As you had mentioned, UConn just coming off of USC. Not a bad result. But what makes me optimistic here with NC State is the fact that, you know, that they beat UMass Lowell. And it's funny that we're even talking about that team actually being that good. But we just talked about the Virginia game. And Virginia lost to San Francisco. Well, UMass Lowell beat San Francisco, and not only that, you know, UMass Lowell has played Ohio State tough. They played uh, Illinois State, who's not a bad team. But UMass Lowell they got bombed by NC State by thirty-one points. And UConn, you know, they squeak out a win against USC. I, I wonder, you know, how they come into this game. The box score for me just—it wasn't very impressive with you know UConn and USC overall. USC couldn't hit a three in the game; they only made three, and that's really you know why UConn ended up squeezing out a win there. Now I don't think I don't see anything right now stat wise. It says UConn is is actually even a good team, and I've been a little bit more encouraged probably by NC State stat wise and with their game results. So I'll go ahead. I'll take a small pizza bet here on NC State whether they're laying two points or whether they're getting two points. Um, I think I think NC State probably wins this game more than likely by a couple of buckets. So let's jump over to our final game here, Uncle Dave. I threw a real curveball at you on this one, Illinois State at Murray State. Um, I currently don't have a line on this one. You went ahead and you, you figured Missouri State probably would be, you know, somewhere in that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range. So I'm just curious what you came up with this game. How are you feeling?
2: Yeah. I think you like sit back and chuckle when you give me those games to look at. I mean, I look at every game, but you know, if I'm going to put my voice on the line here, I I have to like look a little deeper. You know, lots of games I go through the rotation and I'll go, no, you know, I don't have, I don't have a clue. I, if I, if I look at a long card, you know, I obviously look at the teams I know well, or I recently bet on to sort of dig a little deeper because I have an idea of what I'm dealing with. But, you know, then I see Illinois State and Murray State, and I'm going, you yeah, know, this isn't like February. <laughs> Why are you making me do this? And, you know, I think this is one of those games where you'd expect Murray State to rebound from getting throttled at Middle Tennessee, um, especially where they scored 175 points against a non-D1 Greenville team. But they allowed they allowed 95 points to a uh, aforementioned non-D1 Greenville. But what's interesting, uh, Illinois State also played non-D1 Greenville, scored 177 points and a lot over 100. So, you know, read into it what you will. Um, you know It's all on Greenville. But, you know, since Illinois State has at least played a good team, they played Ohio State, I might give them a little bit of a competitive advantage, if you will. Uh, and they can score, but they're also super young, which is really hard to gauge early on. Uh, and they've got a length advantage of Murray State. So when I look at this game, you know, I, I think the SpongeBob plays will be the favorite in the over, and I think the total will probably be in the mid-140s. And we know how often those things work out or don't, as generally is the case. So, you know, I I might be able to take an Illinois State Flyer, maybe with your money or my pizza, uh, because I think they either win the game or they get absolutely manhandled.
0: You know what's funny, Uncle Dave? I, I looked at this game and I'm like, oh, maybe, you know, we'll get a little Missouri Valley action going here. Maybe it'll be a pretty good game. And then I pulled it up. I'm looking at it. I'm like, who the hell is this Greenville team? I'm like, wow. my like, Illinois State scored 177 points. I'm like, what the hell is their points per game this year? I'm like, 108. And then I look down like right underneath. I'm like, Murray State's at 117. Who the hell did they play? I'm like, oh, wait, they beat the same team up. I'm like, this Greenville team, what are they, 0-2 on the season? They gave up a combined uh, 350 points in two games. So I'm like, I got to give this one to Uncle Dave. And then the fact that we were talking about, you know, UMass Lowell a little bit, I'm like, well, Illinois State played them and they beat that team. So I'm like, this is going to set up for, you know, kind of a shit show for us for our last game. But I'm like, Uncle Dave will probably get a little chuckle out of it. Um, As you had mentioned, Uncle Dave, you know, this line, it may come out 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that area. I'll go ahead. I'll take Illinois State. I, I have to take the fact that, you know, that they played against Ohio State. Yeah, they lost the game, but then they played UMass Lowell and they beat that team. And then they're coming off a very impressive game in which, you know, they got their offense rolling in that game. They put up 177 points. So I feel at least schedule-wise, they're probably in a little bit of a better position here. As you had mentioned, Murray State coming off of getting beat up pretty decent against Middle Tennessee. I don't necessarily trust who that team might be. So if they're laying a decent amount of points here, especially in conference game, I'll just go ahead. I'll take the Redbirds here. It won't be anything major. It'll just be you know a small pizza bet. That'll wrap up our college basketball and college football for your Saturday, Uncle Dave. Quick one before I go ahead and let you go. I know that you've been uh, you've been dealing with with some sickness the last couple of weeks here. Have you even tried to go ahead and get out on the golf course or no?
2: You know I have not. Um, you know you know sickness sounds like you know I got one foot in the grave. And although sometimes I feel like I do, you know I think it's all sort of, you know, post-COVID issues really. I mean, you know, my wife and I both had it, as a lot of people know, and she recovered from it fairly quickly. I mean, she got the whole fever and yada, yada, yada. And so did I. And I only um, I had that for like the like two days. It was like really bad. Um, but it's the whole sort of getting your energy back and your strength back. And you know, you've heard people say it. Oh, it takes this time. It takes that time. And it's just so weird. It's so different because, you know, my wife's perfectly fine. And I just really struggled with it. And it's not um, it's not like I'm still sick, laying in bed. You know, it just, it, it, it messed up a lot of sort of other things. You know, they say I have underlying conditions. Well, I don't have like massive underlying conditions. I'm not that old, but it has exacerbated some things that, that I hadn't thought of for, for some time. So, you know, I don't play golf. No, I actually considered it this afternoon. Um, I don't necessarily have the strength, but I would go do it anyway um, just because I can. But when I, sort of casually threw that out at my wife this morning. I, I can't remember if it was the daggers or the, the, the F, no, you're not going to go uh, that I got in return. So no, <laughs> I have not played. I'm not going to play this afternoon, probably next week. Um, you know, I, I got to get back to, back to routine. I think that also helps a lot when you, when you get into a, a routine, you know, it's just kind of like you and I doing this, you know, okay. We study on Monday We we do dream pod stuff on Tuesday. We do the NFL pod on Wednesday. We generally do this or something on Thursday. And I got to get back into that sort of routine rather than in the you know the last couple of weeks it's been like you know I'm not in that routine. But I got to get this stuff done by X number of days. So you know it's interesting that the whole COVID thing it's not necessarily the physical toll. It's like the mental toll because you just you're just so out of rhythm. So nope, I haven't played golf yet. So. What that said, the good news is I haven't, I haven't bogeyed a hole in probably three and a half weeks.
0: You know what really brought up the uh, the golf talk there, Uncle Davis. I noticed that there was some type of crazy golf tournament this morning. And I noticed that Tony Finau was like the favorite to win at like seven to one. I don't even know what it was, uh, but somebody actually on Twitter had reached out and wanted to know if we were still doing golf podcasts. I just wonder what the level of degenerate could be right now if you're you're wondering about golf podcasts when you have college basketball college football the nfl nba is coming up Uh, we got a big boxing match coming up tomorrow you got ufc people are worried about golf i mean we just had the masters but i didn't even talk to you about this and we'll bring this up first thing i will say uncle dave uh if you really want to go golfing, you know handicap one-on-one relationship you should probably just lie that's what i would do how you feel i feel great i'm gonna go golfing today I feel good. I drink some water. Uh, I'll be out of here about 1230. So, uh, you know, you can enjoy your day in some peace and quiet. So just I would just lie. Um, but with that said, Uncle Dave, going back to the golf thing, did you happen to go ahead and check out the uh, the Phil Mickelson match three when uh, he played with uh, Barkley?
2: Yeah, I watched a little bit of it, actually. You know, it's funny that you mentioned degenerates. I mean, I you know, so, you know, as as professional as we get at this, we all have that little DG side to us. And I did have a few people reach out to sort of say, you know, are you going to bet on that? I absolutely not. I did watch it for the entertainment value. Um, it, was, it was fairly interesting. And, you know, as far as this week, I actually had people ask if um, we were going to do the golf party. You know, and I get it because, you know, a lot of people really enjoy watching golf and like to bet on it. And, you know, most people remember we made them um, an assload of money this summer. And for me, it's really a matter of time. And, you know, obviously during the summer I had the time. Um, now I don't have as much time, and I, I did put out plays for my long-term customers on this the Mayakoba Classic. I believe it was down in Mexico this week, and I did put out some plays on that. And you know, looking at it right now, and and uh, I'm kind of wishing I didn't. You know, I, obviously it's Friday afternoon, and we have a long ways to go. But you know, guys like your your boy Joaquin Neiman and Brendan Todd are are doing fairly well, and and Finau as well. He's actually tied for the lead. And I almost I, I looked at all three of them, and I almost did it. And, and did not, obviously. And, you know, a lot of the guys that I I, I did take are not doing, they have bogey holes, on like me. So, you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, if you have the time, you know, it, it obviously, that brings me into a whole other issue, you know, it's time. You know, okay, well, Sleepy, Dave, or whoever, you know, UFC, you know, NBA in a few weeks, college basketball, college football, NFL, um, Whatever else you got going on, golf, you know, whatever you can possibly bet on, you know, it's really hard to be really good at all of them at one time, um, you know, unless you get really fortunate. You know, I've been like super focused on college basketball the last few days, and I've been like, I don't know, twelve and three or something like that, and so that's going really well because I'm I'm focused on it, you know. But to distract from that, to go ahead and 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 start spending an inordinate amount of time on on college football Saturday, you know, during the week, like we would normally do, it's just really difficult. It's it's really hard to be super thorough. There's just not enough hours in a day. So, you know, what I find myself doing is just making really selective plays. And, you know, I think that's exacerbated, um, by the fact that, you know, we're in sort of different times, if you will. And that brings even more variables into the equation. So, uh, it, you know, it's almost forced me to take a whole wait and see approach with a lot of these things, because you have the the fluid situations that you really can't um, come down on too hard on a Wednesday or Thursday for a Saturday, Sunday game, although you'd like to, um, you know, I, I know I've been I've been guilty of, of maybe being a little premature. So, you know, I know that's not the question you asked, but that's the one I answered because you asked.
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with that answer, Uncle Dave. That's perfectly fine. I was just curious if you thought Charles Barkley actually played much better than than maybe some had expected. I know he has that that goofy hitch, but it looked like Phil Mickelson uh, straightened him out. He was getting some some lessons You know that Barkley should probably pay him a decent amount of money for because Barkley actually looked pretty good. I actually went ahead. I bet that my buddy convinced me he was like, He's like, dude, he's like, just stop and think about it for a second. He's like, you're you're taking a professional golfer and you're putting him up against two basketball players. He's like, put LeBron on the court against two golfers. How do you think that's going to work out? And I'm like, that makes sense. He's like, there's no way in hell. He's like, a Phil Mickelson goes out there and just plays like a, a par round or even under. He's like, there's no way in hell two basketball players are going to beat him. He's like, I don't care who they are or how good that they, people think that they are. And as we're watching it, he's like, yeah, he's like, Steph, you know, he's hit, he's coming off the tee, you know, half decent. He's hitting a couple irons. Peyton's it. He's like, but look at their putting. He's like, you can clearly see that Mickelson just coaching Barkley on the fly is better than those two guys uh, on, on really any day. And he was like, it's just, it's it's two totally different atmospheres. And he was like, he, he eventually talked me into to bet and fill in that, Phil and Barkley in that one. And it turned out to be uh, easily the right side. So um, anyway, Uncle Dave, as I Med mentioned, people, you know, there are, there are probably uh, degenerate losers and degenerate winners, but if anybody is reaching out, uh, obviously to you for golf stuff at this time, I would just, you know, call them a degenerate winner because at least they know where to go for uh, good quality information when it comes to golf stuff. But uh, that'll wrap up our podcast guys. That's enough uh, from the two of us. Big thanks to Jay Smoove. Big thanks to Dan Rivera. We covered some college basketball, college football for your Friday and your Saturday. Uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at sleepyj underscore pregame. You can get Uncle Dave at Dave underscore Essler. Dan Rivera at DanRivera228. You can get Jay Smoove at Smooth underscore 702. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck today and tomorrow. Enjoy those games.